Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and this week we are going to be talking about Citizens for Strong Schools. It's a lawsuit that you might not have heard of in quite some time, but it has huge potential implications for the state of Florida. Filed back in 2009 by some parents around the state, the issue that they want to focus on is whether the public school system in Florida is getting sufficient and adequate funding for it to be a high-quality system. It's gone through the courts. It's up to the Supreme Court now for an issue that you might not necessarily think is the one at hand. We have with us the lawyer for the plaintiffs, Jody Siegel of the Southern Legal Council based in Gainesville, and she's going to talk with us about the case, what's happening now, and what could possibly happen next. Jody Siegel, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us here at the Gradebook. Well, appreciate it, and glad that uh, people are interested in education in Florida. So, thank you for inviting me. First off, you know, I would probably be best to ask you to sort of summarize Citizens for Strong Schools case because it's been a while since people have actually even thought about it, and it and um, it's coming back with a vengeance right now. What is it actually about? Well, the case started over concerns with the quality of education in Florida and um, primarily the kids that are being left behind. There certainly are many kids that are doing fine in Florida, but this case is about the kids in poverty, kids with disabilities, uh, homeless children and minorities that need the extra resources that aren't getting them. And so this this case is really about providing a high-quality education for all children, as our Constitution requires. And so what is the actual legal part of that case, though? I mean, because it's nice to say we want to give kids a better education, but what brings it to the level of being a court case? Well, we, um, as I mentioned, under the Florida Constitution, there's a a requirement. It's a paramount duty of the state. It's a fundamental value. There's a lot of descriptors about the types of um, expectations that we, um, the citizens of Florida, voted in. So we are holding the government accountable to provide for that. And um, we want the state, which in this case is the legislature and the executive, the Department of Education, um, to meet their paramount duty and to provide for it. We're we're not here to tell them exactly what to do because, um, and we can talk about this in a minute, but there's some separation of powers types issues. So we're not here to say you have to appropriate X amount. We're here to say, that you have to provide sufficiently in resources and policies to ensure that all children have that opportunity to um, to gain and obtain a high-quality education. Is what the state does by requiring school districts to, to provide a required local effort and create a sort of equitable amount per student, nobody gets much more or much less, does that not do enough? It really doesn't do enough. There's, um, you know, there's a, a lot of factual issues and a lot of evidence that was presented 
about the lack of uniformity in resources across the state. So the required local effort, um, it certainly has some benefit of equalizing, but it is not enough to equalize when that base amount isn't sufficient in the counties that can't um, can't tax their own citizens even more. And there's um, there's definite examples of um, school districts that are just in very poor financial shape and need the extra resources. And yet it seems that the case hasn't really revolved on that issue so much as the, the words efficient and high quality. And how did that happen? Well, because uh, we're in uh, court and um, this is the first case under this uh, constitutional language, so really the first step is um, getting a court to um, provide that the guidelines as to what that means and how to interpret those um, the, the language and the constitutional duties. So there is, and, and actually we're in the Florida Supreme Court now, and it, it is all about legal arguments. It's not about facts at all anymore. Um, but you've got to first get the, the legal standards um, uh, straight before we can apply the facts to those legal standards. It seems like there's a lot of disagreement on that, though. You even have two sides of the members of the 1998 Constitution Revision Commission taking opposite positions on whether you can even measure what high quality means. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> there are definitely um, uh, different sides. Um, that's what kind of court, if, if everyone agreed, we wouldn't be in court. So um, it is, it's true there's different views of whether this case can be in court at all. And um, that really is where we are now in the Florida Supreme Court looking at some of those um, just the basic constitutional interpretation issues and um, you know the the state and the people the amicus briefs that support the state say the legislature has absolutely no um, accountability to the people or to the courts they can interpret and do whatever um, they think is right and while we certainly agree they can do whatever they think is right, we don't think it ends there. And we think there is um, a court can review what their policy determinations were in order to see if it is sufficient under the Constitution. And that's what you're asking the Supreme Court to do then, to rule that it's something that can be judged and send it back to a different judge? Yes, we uh, at the, the level of the Supreme Court, it is all um, legal arguments, and they're not going to be looking at the facts at all. They look at it to form a context for what they're doing, but what we are asking them to do is, one, say that this case is justiciable, and what that means is that the um, we want this court to say that courts have a role in interpreting this constitution and determining whether the state um, has complied with its duties as set forth under the constitution and then send it back to the trial court but with an appropriate standard of review again another esoteric legal concept but what that means is that uh, there are different standards of review one is 
called rational basis, which is what the trial court applied. And basically, if there's any possible reason for a policy judgment, then the legislature gets to go with that and the court approves it. And we're saying that under what is a fundamental value under the Constitution and what is a paramount duty under the Constitution, that there needs to be a more heightened level of scrutiny so that when the Florida Supreme Court sends it back to the trial court, um, that they look at it differently and more appropriately under the Florida Constitution. And that's what we're hoping will happen. So this case has taken nine years to get to this point. If it goes back to the trial court, how much longer do you think it will take for us to see any sort of resolution? Well, um, I certainly hope that it would be within a year that we could get back in before the trial court. Uh, The main uh, delay in this case, uh, in our view, has been the state. So There was a a two-year delay by um, going for a writ of prohibition in the early part of the case, uh, trying to avoid um, judicial review. And then every year under Florida's, um, there's a statute that says that if the legislature is a party, that they, the legislature gets to ask for a stay of, of during the legislative session so that they don't have to be involved in um, you know, you know, in courts, they need to focus on their legislative duties. So it's been almost three years out of those nine years that have been stays or, um, you know, some kind of delay. So it still has taken a long time, even without all of that. Um, and, you know, because I think this is a um, a case of first impression under the Constitution and and the trial was uh, four weeks long. It's a lot of evidence, and it takes a long time to um, to go through the court system. Well, I saw you got 20 minutes to make your case to the Supreme Court. Is that enough? I, I read your motion, which said that there are just thousands and thousands of pages of information. That's right. And um, like I mentioned, we don't we aren't going to be arguing the facts, so it really, 20 minutes is enough to make a legal argument. Um, the, we want to try to make it um, a, a simple and understandable, and the main issues are whether a, um, there is judicial review at all, and what's the standard of review for a lower court to, um, to look at this case when it goes back. What do you say to the Supreme Court in a case like that? I can't imagine how you would convince them of something. They probably already come in, right, knowing some thoughts and having read at least some of the information? Oh, I think uh, the Supreme Court is at the level. They will have read every single brief. They will have looked at the record. Um, They will come in, um, from what I understand, definitely having an initial impression, and then they ask the questions to try to resolve some of the remaining and lingering uh, questions that they have, and that's what oral argument is about. It's um, so it is um, a, a tough thing. You know, we have seven justices, and they each get to ask questions that are on their mind. But um, 20 minutes is is enough. There's in the uh, middle level, the, the district court of appeal level, it's a 15 minute on each side argument. So for you, I know best case scenario is for the Supreme Court to send it back down to the trial court. But what if they don't? What possible scenario comes after that? If they don't agree that it's justiciable, the case is really over. Um, If they agree 
with the lower courts that the court has no role at all in um, looking at how the uh, government is doing under um, the, the state constitution. It's over for now, and it becomes a political question of uh, whether there's anything more the citizens can do to reword the constitution to make it um, justiciable, you know, to make the terms more definable, depending on what the Florida Supreme Court says um, as to why it's not reviewable then maybe there's a way to go back to the citizens and uh, revise the Constitution to make it reviewable, if, you know, especially if the court gives any guidance to that. So then the only alternative would be politics? Uh, if under the current uh, Constitution, I mean, again, it, it depends on how they word it and what they find. I mean, there are... There might be some middle ground, but if they find it's not justiciable, meaning the courts have no role, um, you know, there may be some other ways around it, but typically that would be the end of it. And yes, it would have to go back to um, to the voters to come up with a uh, a new amendment. Wow, that wasn't what I was expecting to hear you say. I don't think. <laughs> Well, that's why we're hoping that um, it doesn't make sense to us to interpret the um, article that way. You know, the education article is the strongest in the U.S., and it doesn't make sense at all when other states um, have, most of the other states have found their article, uh, education articles, which have less of a duty and less of a uh, requirement for their states to find that it is justiciable. Certainly, there have been a few states that have held that um, their education articles are not reviewable, but it just doesn't make sense when it's the, a paramount duty in Florida and a fundamental value, and we have such great language about that it has to be uniform and high quality and efficient, safe and secure, that that is that there aren't standards that we can hold the government accountable. Well, this is one that I guess I'm going to just have to watch and see. I guess they, they do broadcast the Supreme Court hearings on, on the Internet, so I'm going to watch and see what you guys say and do. It'll be really interesting. Do you, do you expect any more filings in this case, or is it basically now just a chance for them to read and we can all take a breath? Yeah, there's no more filings that are allowed. It's every All of the writings are in, and November 8th is the oral argument, so... Um, uh, let's just hope for the best. <laughs> well, well, I really appreciate you sharing with me and everybody else who's listening. And um, I hope that once the results come in, you'll come back and talk to us about what they mean. I would love to do that. That's the end of our interview and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in this conversation, please visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. If you want to continue to follow the breaking news on a variety of education issues in the state, go to our blog, tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. Thanks so much to everyone who's reviewed this podcast on any of the places where you get it. It's helping to bring more people in to listen. Our numbers are going up a little bit, so thank you. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and thanks again for listening.